Obviously, I've got something burning inside of me this morning. Everybody, I, I done got up here and got carried away. But uh, you see, I just feel a burden when I, when I see people come in, especially people I've never seen before, my soul begins to burn because that's who God has made me. That's who he's grown me to be. And it is just welling up with inside of me, okay? And so does anybody in here not believe what happened to Gary? We can argue about denomination all day long. We can argue about theology. We can argue about who's right and who's wrong all you want to. But like the woman at the well said and the blind man said, I don't know who he is. But I do know this. I was one way. And now I'm another way. And it's because of what he did. Okay, right? So I'm just saying that to say that if anybody in this room is interested in what he's got, I'm about to give you the, the, the keys to the lock. Amen. Okay? Amen. All right? I'm about to give you the keys to the lock. So, so I was ministering to this man, uh, and uh, this man, is he's, he's, he's a great man uh, in the kingdom of God, at least, you know, from the natural it looks that way. He gives, and he, he's, he's given money to build churches. He's a wealthy man. And, uh, and he's done, so he's given, you know, his heart is for the Lord, no doubt. And the Lord had me begin to start ministering to him, okay? Yeah. Standing on the porch of a house I was working to. And, and you, it was so obvious that what I was presenting to this man, he'd never heard before. And this man's, he's in his mid-60s at least. And he had never heard what I was saying to him. Yeah, and you know what he said to me? He said, well, I just think about that scripture. What can separate me from the love of God? In other words, he was trying to justify what I was saying to him by quoting that to me. And you know what I said to him? I said sin. But the later on, the more I studied it, the truth is, guys, let, let me just read this scripture to you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay on course here because I really am on fire up here this morning. So Romans chapter eight, verse 35 it actually doesn't say what, it says who. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? So I truly believe that absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. God always loves us. God always, always, always is beckoning and calling. God loves us. Just want to establish that. And just in case, before I get, uh, last time I shared this, it was, they was, said it was an in-your-face message is what I heard. But anyway, I thought it was a message on love. That's how I see it. So this is a message about God's love, okay? Isaiah 59, verse 1. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear. Move on to the next one. But your inequities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What? It don't mean he don't love you. It means if you're still walking and living in sin every day, 
I mean, we can, like, like Brother Jeff, you say you can get you some scissors and cut this part out, but I'm telling you folks, that's what it says, that your sin has hidden his face from you. So in other words, if I'm praying, God, I, I need you to help me through this. Lord, I need you to get me through this. Lord, I need help with this. Lord, I need you to heal my baby. Lord, I need you to do this. That he has literally hidden his face from you. But there is a prayer, the good news. He didn't shut you out. There is a prayer that he wants to hear. So Romans chapter two, verse number four. I'm gonna move on through this and I don't think anybody's gonna have any issues hearing me over the rain. I'm just glad he's sending the rain and I'm not talking about the Chapter two, yes. Or do you not, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? There's a lot more before this, and I'm sorry, but I'm having to keep it short here. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness, his love, is intended to lead you towards repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. And God will repay each person according to what they have done. Do you mean that when I said a prayer when I was 12 at the Baptist church on the corner or the Methodist church or the Pentecostal church or whatever it was, I said, Lord, I'm a sinner, please forgive me. Then all of a sudden you didn't get some magic, something sprinkled on you and all of a sudden you're on your way to heaven no matter what happens. Do you mean that happened? Are y'all listening? Your inequities have separated from you. I don't care how many times you've prayed to Jesus. I don't care how many times you've cried out to him. If you're still choosing to walk in sin, he's hidden his face from you. And I don't know about y'all, but life out here is pretty tough with him, okay? I mean, it's not nothing like... uh, living in hell and misery and sin. But I'm just saying, I can't imagine what it would be like these days without Jesus. I mean, come on, folks, right? So we understand that nothing can separate us from his love, but that his own love and kindness towards us, it literally leads us to say no to ourself. That's what repentance is, right? For all of y'all that don't know, here we go. We got some sin in this box. Fill it in, whatever you want to put in, whatever you want to put in there. Might be a relationship you're involved in, you ought not to be. Living with somebody you ain't married to, okay? It might be drugs, it might be cigarettes, it might be pornography, it might be whatever. Forgive me, I'm just, I'm just being real here. It don't matter what it is, okay? It might just be the thoughts in your mind because God says if you think about it, you're still guilty too. Okay, and in order for me to repent of whatever it is, okay, I'm gonna put that down and I'm gonna get just as far away from it as I possibly can. And you know what? In that, you know what? His ears gets open, folks, and all of a sudden he's like, what you need, son? What you got? Let me see what I can do for you. You know how I know that? Because he did it for me. Look at Brother Gary standing here. Because he did it for Jacob. Because he did it for Oris. Because he did it for all of us that have truly repented. Okay? And so, in case you don't believe this, I'm going to go ahead and 
put a stamp of approval on the rest of it, okay? So you just know that it ain't just my words and my ideas, all right? So we understand that his kindness leads us towards repentance, but because of our stubbornness and our unrepentant heart, that we're literally storing up wrath for ourselves, okay? Not just, and this says in the day of judgment, this is talking about when we die. But can I tell y'all, Folks, I hope and I got a lot of life left to live here. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from heaven because I'm excited about going and I'm ready. But everybody, excuse me, everybody else ain't ready for me to go. So what happens between now and the time I go to heaven is a big deal to me. Amen. It's a big deal to me. I don't want it to be hell, misery, and despair. That's right. Okay? I don't want to keep storing up wrath for myself while I'm walking. And, and let me go ahead and say this. Maybe, maybe, folks, Maybe you don't want to call it God's wrath. That's okay. You just say that God won't give you his blessing because they're the same thing. That's the truth. I'm going to tell you right now, a life on this planet without God's blessing ain't nothing but hell, misery, and despair, and curses, and wrath, and everything else. Whatever you want to throw in the blank. How do I know? Because I've been there, okay? 29 years of hell and misery. Thank God, Brother Gary, I got it a little sooner than you did. You know, I mean, thank God. I'm just, I'm just grateful. I see some of these men come in the Freedom House and they're all ages, you know? And I'm like, God, Lord, I'm just glad you got a hold of me when I did. For my children and for everybody else, right? Okay, stick with it. Okay, so Matthew chapter four, verse 17. So just in case anybody's wondering if this is my idea or Jesus's idea, God's idea, okay? And I've preached this a few different times in here, but I want everybody to understand that this is the very first recording that we have of Jesus preaching in, in, in the New Testament. This is the very first time that is recorded. And what does he say? This is Jesus. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near, has come near. What? You mean Jesus is telling us we need to repent? It ain't just some idea in Tony's mind? Huh? Jesus himself said, look, okay, Repent for what? Repent just so my life can get better? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 24, verse 46. There's so much more to this, but I'm really just trying to stick with the program here because I feel like, you know, every time I get in a place with new folks or, or, or just people that I can see, Misery and despair on them. This thing wells up inside of me because I know. It's kind of like when, when, uh, when I got born again and, 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 and the things began to come off of my life, I began to understand that, you know what? There's all kinds of people that need to hear this. Amen. The people I grew up with have been miserable their whole life and I want to help them not be miserable anymore. I want to help them. I, want, I, I found the answers. Amen. I'm not the answer, but I found the answers. And it's amazing. I'm going to tell you what. You can think what you want to. I don't know what the number is, but there is a pile of folks that we have seen go from, I used to be this, and now I'm something else because this is what we preach constantly. Amen. There is no other way. Okay, Luke chapter 24, verse 46. He told them, this is what is written. Now, this is Jesus. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay until in the city until you've been clothed or endued with power from on high. He's talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. But I want everybody to understand here that just because you come say a sinner's prayer, okay, I still ain't found that, by the way, okay? And, and, and I pray with people all the time to receive the Lord, and that is the beginning point, okay? There's no question. I'm not trying to pour any water on that, people. But I'm trying to tell you right here that Jesus himself said, look, the, the message of repentance for the forgiveness or remission of sins is to be preached. So what does that mean? So let me give you another analogy here, okay? I wasn't going to do this, but here we go. I ought to bring me a judge down here. I think y'all just going to have to make do. Come on, Jeff. Come on. You sit up here on this chair right here, this stool. Y'all just bear with me. This makes a lot of sense, I'm telling you what. You see, I don't understand why there's so much confusion in our world, okay? So you're the judge, okay? All right? You're the judge, okay? I've been arrested for public intoxication, okay? And I got a beer in my hand. Maybe I don't have a beer. Maybe I just come in drunk to the courtroom. Judge, I want you to pardon my sin. No. <laughs> Are y'all tracking with me here? I want you to forgive me, but I want to keep it too. No. Is that not common sense, people? If I want to be forgiven for something, I can't put it in my stinking pocket and carry it around with me, right? Okay. I'm glad you're not the judge. I'm not. <clears throat> I mean, it, it, I could go a lot deeper than that. I, I said I was going to do this one day. I, I talked to Brother Jason about it, but are y'all understanding me, people? We're coming to Jesus, asking him to solve all of our problems. We want this, we want that. We want you to do all these things for us. But we want all his blessings without the personal sacrifice of giving up the sin. There's no freedom in that, people. You know what? These people come in the door of the Freedom House. You got any dip, you got a vape, you got any cigarettes. If this even smells or looks or acts or even wants to be like tobacco, it's got to go right now. You know Why? Because without total freedom, nothing ever happens. You can stay bound up in one little sin. I'm going to tell you what, the Lord will draw that old line. He'll draw that line and he'll say, well, here's something you need to move, Tony. And you know what? If I won't move it and I won't get rid of it or do what he's telling me to do or undo what he's telling me to not do, you know what? Tony's still stuck. What Jesus has got for me is over here but I can't get there because I won't move past it. I won't give it up. I won't tap out on it. I know I'm preaching to somebody in here this morning. Y'all don't have to be just all excited or nothing else, but I'm telling you right now, I know that some of you got some things in your life and you probably, some of you's mad at me right now and you probably the ones I'm talking to. Can I just go ahead and say that right now? If you're upset on what I'm preaching, you probably the one that came here to hear this message. You probably why the Lord said, yep, just go ahead and preach it, okay? And, and I'm not gonna apologize for it because I'm gonna tell you what says we're going to be, a teacher's going to be judged more strictly. And I've already been under some of that scrutiny in my life already, but I'm going to tell you right now, when I stand before Jesus, brother, it's going to be I didn't hold back. I told him the whole truth. 
I told them the whole truth. And I'll share this with y'all too. We've been called legalistic before because I expect people to actually be obedient to Jesus. And, and, and Lynn looked it up one time and she said, yep, somebody that overly obeys the law. She said, and I understand what they're saying in that aspect too, but look at here. So she said, she can see like me and her on one side, one of these old knotheads on the other that's just barely skated by his whole life, never even really gave his life to Jesus, you know, and we're over here obeying every little thing he tells us to do, and he'd be like, you know what, you did a great job. I mean, I know you halfway did everything, but you did a great job. Tony and Lynn, you overdid it, so y'all just did a terrible job, and you barely made it in. I'm sure that's the way it's going to be, ain't y'all? Huh? You know what? Let me just tell y'all something. If I'm wrong, you know what happens? I'm just getting closer to Jesus every minute. But if you don't believe this message and you won't repent, you know what the consequences for you are? <clears throat> it's the lakes of fire. Let me just go a little farther and tell you. When he says, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name? And he says, away from me, I never knew you. Let me ask y'all a simple question. Have y'all ever know, known of anybody to drive out demons in Jesus' name? or pray for people in Jesus' name that wasn't church folks? Huh? You mean folks out there that don't know nothing about Jesus, they're just out there a bunch of worldly folks? Huh? You know I'm preaching, I see you. You know I'm preaching, brother. Okay, he's talking to church folks. Huh? Folks that know about Jesus, you can know about him all day long, folks. You can know about him your whole life, but a personal relationship with him changes everything. He does not leave you the way he finds you, okay? I don't obey him because he says, if you don't obey me, I'm gonna kill you or I'm gonna beat you down or I'm gonna cause all these things. I obey him because he delivered me, because he deserves it and he's worthy. That's what I was saying earlier. If some of you folks really understood what Jesus really did and who he really is, you would be just as crazy as I am for the Lord. I mean, we've been called a cult and everything else. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, I got accused of being one again, okay? Like, I know I'm doing my job. I know I'm doing my job when they start saying that about me again. Acts chapter two, verse 38. Yep. Most of us know this scripture. It's a very familiar one to me anyway. So Acts chapter two, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. What? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me just tell you right now, you know what? You know how I got here? I walked in that door right there in 2006, June, hey, I'm sorry, May of 2006, and I sat right over here on the other end. Brother Terry was sitting over there where I'm sitting, I think, right along in there somewhere. I was sitting over here, and Brother Billy come and got me at altar call and said, you need to come down here. And I said, no, I ain't ready. He said, yes, you are. So we come down here and we prayed. And I'd like to tell you that my whole life changed and everything was better and all of a sudden I didn't have any desires for cigarettes or any of the things I'd done at that moment, but I didn't, okay? Are y'all tracking with me? It took something. It took something to happen. But what happened was I kept coming and then I began to learn and understand that if I would repent and be baptized, that the Holy Spirit 
the leader. Grace. It ain't all that everybody thinks it is. It's way more than we really truly think it is, but it's also instruction that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. That's how I got here, by listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said, Tony, don't look at that. Tony, don't do that. Tony, don't say that. You know what? And after submitting, after a while, you finally, you wake up one morning and you're fairly sanctified going, man, I'm not the same person I used to be. Or you can be like, "Mm -mm, don't talk to me. I'm going to look anyway. I'm going to do it anyway because that's the attitude of us most, okay? Because Jesus will forgive me. He's a loving God. I mean, Jesus, hey, man, they ain't going to send nobody to hell. Or maybe you don't care. It may be you just really, that's not a, that's not a real big thing to you. Well, I got several years before I die. You don't know when you're going to die, folks. You have no idea. <clears throat> so for those of us in here, that believe so there's some scriptures there's two scriptures that I know of we got John 3.16 for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and we got Romans 10.9 says if you'll confess with your mouth believe in your heart that you shall be saved okay all right Now, I want to make sure we understand the difference here in what he's saying, okay, in believe and just some mental mental thought, okay? So, well, first of all, in James chapter 2, it says, you believe good, even the demons believe, and they shudder, they're scared. The demons know that God exists. The demons know that Jesus died, rose again on the third day, and that he's the Savior of the world. The devil knows that too, but ain't none of them going to hell, I mean going to heaven, Right? Right? You understand? Just because you know, just because you believe that Jesus is real, just because you believe that he died and rose again on the third day and that he is the Savior of the world, don't mean you're going to heaven, folks. And I'm fixing to read you a scripture, okay? You see, this has been my mission. Y'all are like, man, I've never, probably never even heard this from this angle before. But you see, about 2000, the end of 2007, the Lord put this old boy on a mission. And I got in a few conversations with some guys that knew all kind of scripture. I was trying to minister to them. But they knew more scripture than I did. And I knew what I was saying was right, but I couldn't depict it correctly. Okay. And I was hearing a message at this church that I didn't hear at the previous church I was at. And I'm like, somebody's lying. Somewhere. And so I just set out on a mission. You know what? I want to know everything it says, and I want to understand it with everything in me. So almost 18 years later, here's, here's, here's the conclusion. There is no other way than to repent. There is no other way to follow Jesus except to do whatever he tells you to and not do what he tells you not to. There is no other way we just had this discussion the other day about, uh, about Christians, okay? Uh, it was Daniel, I think, wasn't it you? What, Daniel? Anyway, somebody. It was Hank. It was Hank yesterday morning was talking about how other people should be calling us Christians before we call ourselves Christians and about how the Christian name ever came about to start with. You know, the, we didn't call ourselves Christians. We didn't. All the worldly people began to call the people that were following Jesus and acting like him Christ-like. 
So we want to label ourselves Christians, but we don't want to be Christ-like. We want to labor ourselves so that we can be something and make ourselves feel better. But the truth is, it don't really matter what you say. Our deeds, our actions, that's how we know what you believe. If you believe the bridge is out, when the sign says the bridge is out, you don't go down there and, let me see. You just don't go, right? Huh? I'm telling you, there's a difference, okay? So back to this thing about belief. So we know, we know that I'm trying to explain to you guys that it's not just a mental idea, right? So Hebrews chapter three, verse 18. Brother Jeff shared this not too long ago, and it's one that I had definitely done some studying on before. And we know that the Israelites were not able to enter into the promised land, the generation that came out because of all the things they did. They worshiped idols. They, they did all kind of horrible things, okay? And to whom did God swear that they would, not, that they would never enter his rest if not those who disobeyed? So we see they were not able to enter in because of their unbelief. What? You mean disobedience and unbelief are the same thing? I don't know if this is making any sense to you or not, okay? But it's pretty, it's pretty obvious, okay? If you believe Jesus is who he says he is, you're gonna obey him. How does everybody else in the world that is supposed to be calling us Christians know if we believe him? Because we're living it. So, I will go on a little farther and tell you the one thing that makes Tony matter than anything on the planet, most of you already know this, is what I call the Jesus T-shirt people. Bless your heart. John Michael's mama was wearing one the first time I shared this in home church. Anyway, I like Jesus T-shirts. Let me just clear that up, okay? The people that wear the label of Jesus upon their life but they look, act, smell, talk, and sound just like everybody else in the world, okay? It, it just infuriates me. It makes me so angry. And let me just tell you why. Because the Jesus that delivered Tony. Don't you tell me he don't have the power to free you from, from stupid cigarette or some little selfie seeing you got. Because if he can free me from all the things he did and make me a preacher after all of that... I mean, I might be a preacher one day. Maybe I put too much of a label on myself. Maybe if I keep on trying, I might get there. Okay, but I'm just telling you right now, if God can take me from there and put me here, I was that, and now I'm something else. Don't you dare put the label on and walk around out here acting like everybody else. And you know what? I'll go on to tell this one more story. I'm gonna wind this up. About when I first got born again, a couple years in, there's a couple in our church, they were taking their kids from them. They, were, they came to church hoping that God would help them keep their kids, and evidently their hearts wasn't right, I'm gonna tell you, because it was a bust. We went to court with them, and we got down there, and the old judge, old, uh, uh, Charlie Fleming was still the judge then, he said, he said, Tony, you look good. Like he could tell I wasn't the same person that had been before in 25 times the five years before, okay? You look good, Tony, how'd you do it? And I said, well, I found the Lord, judge. Said, I surrendered my life to Jesus. He said, oh. You know why? 
Because of Jesus' t-shirt, people. Because he's heard it so much. God saved me. I found the Lord. He delivered me. But you know what? After I went back in there, and I went back in there, and I went back in there with more people and more people and more people, y'all know what happened? One day, he sent a state trooper to chase me down. I got stopped by a state trooper. I'm like, dang, I know I speed a lot, but I wasn't speeding right now, you know. And uh, he said, Tony, the judge told me to come find you. I need you to be at drug court this date to preach to the drug court. Okay. You know why? Here's the difference. You can say all you want to, folks. It don't matter. You can confess all you want to, but you're going to have to walk it out. That's just all there is to it. You're going to have to walk it out. Now, let me make sure everybody understands what I'm saying. I believe if you come down here to this altar this very moment and your life is the filthiest you feel like in the whole room, and you cry out to Jesus right now, and you truly repent with everything in you, that five minutes later, if this building blew up, you'd go to heaven. Amen. I believe that. Amen. I believe that. But I also believe at that moment, we become accountable for what we represent to the rest of the world. I believe that with everything in me, folks. And you know what? I can't save everybody. I really, you're right. I can't save anybody. But I can do my part. Uh, Pastor Keener quoted to me again the other day about what Heidi Baker said about, you know, all I can do is just minister to the one in front of me. But I can do that. Amen. And like old brother Jerome said up here many years ago up here singing that Sunday, that so impacted me. He said, I owe him, and I owe him, and I owe him, but I can't pay him. Yeah. I can't pay him, folks. But I can honor him with every fiber of my being. You know what? Not only can I just honor him in my own life, but there is literal supernatural power within this old boy right here when I surrender to him and then I speak because I was one thing and now I'm something else. People listen. People listen. It ain't like my mama going, I'm gonna whip your tail if you ever smoke. Because that did happen. It's like, no, let me show you what Jesus wants you to do. So before I make the altar call here, I want to make sure I recap this real quick and make it real. Have I, have I made it clear? Have I made it pretty clear that nothing can separate us from the love of God? Okay. But the very love that he has for you leads you to say no to yourself and to repent. Amen. And that there's no other way to have what God wants for you, to have God's plan in your life, than to step away from willful sin. There's no other way. I'm not talking about, you know what, and, and we're all, we're born sinners, okay? And I'd love to tell you that I'm this saint that never does anything wrong, but I'm gonna tell you what like Brother Jason said, uh, it's been a while back, but... He said, you know, sometimes he's repenting. God, I cannot believe that there's still this much garbage in my heart. Every day, brother. And, and Sister Tracy Stewart said something up here one time when she came. She said, you know, I can be about to stand up between, uh, before three or 4,000 people and preach a message and have some of the vilest thoughts go through my mind. So don't you think that I don't still deal with issues, okay? 
The difference is, is this old boy right here ain't going to submit to any of it. I'm going to call it down. I'm going to take my thoughts captive. I'm going to renew my mind daily with the word of God, and I'm going to go after him with everything in me. Okay? So, there's freedom down here this morning, and I'm going to tell you right now, your pride, the fear of man, what you think about everybody in this building, what you think about all your friends and your homeboys and your cousins and your your children and everything else is what will stop you from coming down here. And I'm going to tell you what, God, yes, thank you. God will not do a thing with you. You can just go on living in hell and misery the rest of your life with your pride if that's what you want to do. But that's not God's plan for you. So I'm asking you, men, women, everybody this morning, if this thing has affected you and you felt conviction over this, I mean, I felt conviction over some of myself. I'm like... I'm asking you, everybody stand up, please. I'm asking you to get out of your seats this morning. There ain't no judgment in this place. We just want people to be free. We, I have to keep reminding people, I don't get paid for this. I don't, I, there's no, there's no, the only thing that comes to me for preaching the word of God like this is the satisfaction of seeing a life changed. And I've learned about myself, nothing else fulfills me anymore. I just want to see lives changed. It's really about you folks. It ain't about me being some anything because I'm just an epic failure. Pastor Keener says a big zero with the rim knocked off of it without Jesus. I'm absolutely stinking nothing without his spirit leading me. So y'all come if you will. There are going to be some folks down here that believes that can help pray for you. So thank you, Jesus.